with Dad. I've learned a few things today. Trespassing isn't as fun as it sounds. Never hold a blue candle. And ghosts are real. Everything started great today. We left Holly's hunting hut and we're on the road to Bolet City. Then we met this kid named Mikey. I battled him and Seely crushed his Umbreon. Oh, oh. Then a big storm came. So we went to this abandoned manor. Little did we know it was haunted and Mikey was not a real kid. You know, it's always so hard for me not to talk to strangers because I literally grew up on a ship full of strangers. Anyway, I learned my lesson. And now I'm stuck in this big house and it's storming outside and I'm writing to you from the glow of coconut. Me too. I just wanted to write to you before we walk up this huge staircase. Dad, don't worry. If I don't make it out of this house, I'll just let my ghost haunt you forever. As you go up, you emerge from the north side. As the stairs come up, you're on the north side of the room, and it faces toward the south, if that makes sense. Okay. Like it's a reverse way of kind of the way that you came into this house. You find yourself in what seems to be another grand hallway with many doors and accoutrements scattered throughout. Oh, I do love a good accoutrement. Things on the walls, <laughs> paintings. and I do love to feel cultured. You know, Luca, that is the thing that is nice about this manor. I feel very cultured. There is certainly culture in here. I feel like yogurt. And I keep walking. And you go walking and you pass a fancy buffet leaning against the wall and some chairs. And there is very nice furniture in here. Is it's all it very, dusty? It's all very dusty, yes. Okay, cool. All of it is very nice, but very dusty. Cool. And unlike the kitchen, which had not the most up-to-date, but certainly not antique appliances, a lot of the furniture is more old-timey, it seems, to fit the sort of aesthetic of this whole place. As you walk around, would you like to know where there are doors and things? Well, so as we walk around, is there a clear path, like a clear hallway that we're following filled with doors or... I'm trying to get a sense of, like, we walked up the stairs. You walked up the stairs, and immediately there is a wider area that is a sort of... Holding could room. Could be a holding room reception area. Cool. But it, it's not walled off from the actual hallway. It seems that the hallway sort of just extends into this offshoot thing where the staircase comes up. Just a little bit of wider area where people could be received linger. or whatever and linger. Uh, but then there is the actual hallway as well running from east to west. Luca, what do you think? West or east? Let's go east. Okay, let's go east. And I just kind of want to walk down the entire way to the east hall. Just like go from back and forth. So essentially you walk south a little bit and then you turn to your left to the east and you walk over that way. You see that the hallway ends and there are two doors on the very end of the hallway. And there's also a door on the right as you're looking at it a little closer to the central part of the house. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. As it's going across... Those doors are on a far side and then more toward the middle that's on the right side, more directly down from where you came in on the staircase. Okay, Luca, these creatures, these Pokemon. Okay. They like to play tricks with us. Yes. Let's just open every door and see which ones don't open. Okay. So we open all those doors. You open those three doors? Yeah. Which one are you starting with? Whichever one's closest like, to Like, are you me. just going to go like counterclockwise? Yeah, I'm going to go counterclockwise. Okay. Start opening them like a true Scooby-Doo. As you and Luca run around and open all three of these doors simultaneously, none of them are locked okay. as you go in. And as you're opening them in this counterclockwise rotation, the first one that you open looks like a messy teen's room. Ugh, gross. The second one looks like a much nicer master bedroom. Okay. And the third one looks like an office. <gasps> office, 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 office. This is what I've been waiting for. Give me that desk. 
Give me that stationery. Tell me what your last name is. You walk into the office with Luca. As you enter, once again, there is a fireplace in this room, and there is a large, very fancy-looking wooden desk with a big leather chair behind it. And you can see papers scattered across. Not messy, but it looks like... Like a working desk. Yeah, it looks like it is a working desk, and whoever was working here did not conclude their business before whatever happened has happened. I immediately start reading everything that's on the desk. Okay, go ahead and make an investigation check with advantage because Luke is helping you. See ya, Van. With a seven. There's a lot of things to sort through and a lot of notes that don't seem to make much sense to you. Okay. But as you were looking, there are different papers and things signed by Professor Daniel Nichols. Can I make a history check on his name? Make a history check. Fifteen. Fifteen? You have never heard anyone talking about this man before. Certainly not when you were on the cruise ship, and since you have been here in Kanoko, no one has mentioned this name to you. Huh. I wonder if Professor Hemlock and Spruce know about this dude Nichols. Yeah, maybe. Hey, can you call them, Luca, with your calling machine? Your cool teen machine? Your cool teen connector? Your cool teen communicator? The communication connector for cool teens. He goes and pulls out the pokey gear, and he goes to make the call. And it does not ring. Darn it, those ghosts are out again. I knew it. I knew the minute I asked <laughs> that them ghosts wouldn't let us get a call out. No. No phone a friend. There's no signal. Ah, great. Yeah, that lines up. Okay, moving on. I will say, since you followed up with a bit of history on that, that you can see dates on the papers. There are none of them that are dated less than 10 years ago. Mm, Okay. In this world, do I also know like professors mean Pokemon professors like Professor Hemlock and Spruce? Or is that term used for more things than just that? It can be used for more things. Okay, cool. Just was thinking about that. Typically, a lot of the very renowned professors are certainly Pokemon professors of some sort, Mm -hmm. but that is what you gather. Okay, so this dude's old. That makes sense. Maybe he's the guy in the picture downstairs. Yeah, I think that's our best bet. I also neglected to mention that there is the fireplace, there's the desk, there's a chair, bookcases and stuff, normal office things. And then there is also another door that seems to lead into another room from this Oh, I opened that door. That door is locked. All righty, we're in business. Luca, grab the desk with me. Okay. And we start ramming the desk into the locked door. Make a strength check. Going with what worked in the past. She's 10. That's a 15. 15. I don't know if you have ever tried to pick up an old wooden desk. I was thinking more just crashing it on the floor. I don't know if you've ever tried to move an old wooden desk, but this sucker is heavy. It is solid wood. It has got all of the hardware. There's nothing that's like Ikea lightweight about this thing. This is a heavy, heavy piece of furniture. It is not on wheels or anything, and it is just sitting there on the rug, and it does not budge. Whew. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. was intense. Whew. <sighs> Wait. Why are we trying so hard? They want us to come play. And I just knock on the door. Hello? Knock, knock, knock. Hi. It's me, Pearl. Make a perception check. 14. 14. On the other side of this door, you can hear a very very faint crying. Oh, Luca, someone's crying in there or something. I don't know if that is a good or a bad thing. Okay, I want to whip out a cookie 
and try to slide the cookie under the door. Okay, you do. That will help you. Don't feel bad. It's okay. I have those days too. You do not hear any footsteps and you do not see any shadow on the other side of this door as it is dark. Besides the fact that there is no light on in the house besides what is being illuminated by coconut right now. It is very dark and cloudy outside, and so throughout it's yeah, very dark. And, and boarded only, windows. Yeah, boarded yeah. windows. Only in cases where there are these ghostly spectral flames and things like that is there really any other sort of light. So you do not see another shadow on the other side of the doorway. You do not hear any footsteps, but the crying seems to subside a little bit. Do we hear a little crunch, 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 crunch? A very, very faint crunch. Come on out. I have some more. Look at that. Look at that. Make I a, say as quietly as I can. Make a persuasion check. 17. 17? I'm persuasive. Just like how good old Mikey was persuasive. Come on into my house of fun and horror. You will love it, he said. It will be safe, he said. Wow, this is just a good lesson for the children. Don't do what Pearl does. <laughs> <laughs> Never follow Pearl's example. But always have cookies and ice cream on tap. Always. Always. With the 17. You wait a second, and it is very quiet, save for the sound of the rain outside. But eventually you hear a click on the door. That's all you hear. It's just a click on the door. It doesn't open or anything. Um, well, is it on me or is it on you now? There's no response. Okay, Luca, I think we can go in. Okay. Coconut, I need you to go in first, okay? You're the light! Have a cookie. Okay. Are you going to open the door for Coconut? Because Coconut cannot reach. <laughs> yeah, I will open the door, but I kind of want to hide myself. I'm kind of thinking maybe a Pokemon would be the best way to introduce ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Versus a Pokemon trainer. Because obviously we're not getting along, but maybe, I don't know. We're not getting along. I got pulled into this house just to get made, you know, to be terrorized for their enjoyment. So maybe when they see a Pokemon, they'd be a little bit more off guard. Okay. I or this. I may be leading my sweet, sweet, sweet Coco into a horrific scene. We'll find out. Woo! He got a co- he, um, Coconut got a cookie, so he'll get more, too. As you put Coconut into the room, you shove this round, glowing skeleton mouse Pokemon into the room, and, then and it illuminates. And can I also just, like, do a little cartoon whoop, and my eyes just peek out on the side of the door? Yes. Okay, thank you. As you peek around into the room with Coconut's light illuminating it, you see that this room almost looks like a museum gallery. There are some paintings and pieces of stone that seem to have runes and things on them, statues here and there, what looks like artifacts in this room. And as you come in a little closer, you peek around the door, you see that there is one figure in the middle of the room, floating in the middle. Oh, that's horrifying. I I step in. Is that okay? I cautiously begin to step in. You cautiously begin to step in. Okay. You see a black figure floating in the middle of the room. This small black creature floating in the air with these large red eyes that it seems to be wiping some tears away from. It has these arms stretching out from its small body with these hands, and below it you can see, as you look a little bit closer, this gold object that it seems to be holding is a mask, and it just looks at you as you walk into the room, and it keeps wiping the tears away from its eyes. Pokedex. You scan it with your Pokedex. Okay. Can I put it on silent mode too? I don't want to freak it out. Yeah, you put your Pokedex on silent. I'm trying to proceed silent. with great caution here. Yeah, totally. Yeah, mask. 
the spirit Pokemon. Each of them carries a mask that used to be its face when it was human. Sometimes they look at it and cry. Oh God, that is really scary and messed up. That's messed up. What? Can you read it again? Pearl just gets a really big question face like, is this even possible? Where do we go? What are we? And I read it again. Yamask, the spirit Pokemon. Each of them carries a mask that used to be its face when it was human. Sometimes they look at it and cry. What? Actual Pokedex entry. I don't make these up. The what? Pokedex is terrifying. Oh my gosh. Yo, that's so messed up. My brain is exploding right now. And they cry? That's part of their nature? Man, so if I capture this thing, we're just going to have somebody on our team constantly crying? <laughs> Will I ever be able to really comfort it? <laughs> well, here goes nothing. Okay, very cautiously. Mm -hmm. Pro walks in. Pichu was leading the way. Mm -hmm. Coconut. Hi. <sighs> Mikey? It looks at you with a confused face. Gosh, we should have taken a picture of Mikey. It does not look like what... Mikey seemed to turn into. This thing has red eyes and is totally black and it's got this mask thing and its eyes are more rounded. What Mikey turned into, it had this furrowed brow with these sharp edges around the eyes and this big sinister smile. That and it wasn't turned into the... an orb. Oh my gosh, there's so many afterlife options. Okay. Um <laughs> Uh Professor Nichols? It looks at you with a little bit more recognition. Is this your home? Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. You want a cookie? It nods. Okay. And I give it a cookie. You go over to it and hand it a cookie, and it eats the cookie, just staring at you and looking at Luca, looking at your Pokemon. I like this part of the room. There's a lot of different things in here. What's your favorite? And it floats over to a piece of this gallery where there seems to be some stone tablets, and you can see what look like runes and hieroglyphics on it. Make an intelligence check. Oh. It's a four. Four? I'm ten. No, ten-year-olds are very smart. I was raised on a cruise ship, okay? Homeschooled. Homeschooled. Oh, homeschoolers are very smart too, though. That's true. Pearl is just Pearl. Homeschooled by Captain Ron. There it is. There it is. I've got street smarts for days. In this moment, this is very overwhelming right now, so I think that you just see that there are runey, hieroglyphic-y things on this tablet, and that's all that you really get from that. Is it unfair of me to think about the ruin that we saw in the fields when we were really happy and see if it looks like one of those? I think that's fair because that's not necessarily... That's like a four connection there? Yeah, I think that's <laughs> enough to make the connection. Yeah, because Does you, because literally you thought of that. So yes, I yeah. think that that's fine. You're okay. literally solving puzzles. So yeah. Um, like, are they connected to each other, the one that we saw in the field that made everybody happy and chill? Looking at it, you have no idea what any of these mean but it seems to be that some of them are of a similar nature to the ones from the shrine in Inoki Woods. Sweet. I pull out the copy that I made of the one. Uh-huh. And I say, look. Yeah. They're kind of like each other. This Pokemon looks very intrigued and is looking back and forth from the paper that you have to the tablet. It sort of scratches its head a little bit. I found this in a field and it made everybody really happy and chill. It was like a vacation. Yeah. Do you want us to stay here? It thinks for a moment and shakes its head no. Oh, okay. Do you want want another cookie? Shakes its head yes. Give it a cookie. Whew. Sweetness. Sweetness is working, my friends. Pearl is definitely scared, but she just is really wanting this relationship to happen. Do you want to come with us? It thinks for a moment 
We'll look for more of these. And I hold up the ruins. And you'll get to hang out with Coconut, and I have a lot of other fun friends, and maybe you can help us get out of here, too. The Pokemon thinks for a second, and then starts floating to the other side of the room and ushers you to follow. We follow, hurriedly. <laughs> Quick steps. As you're walking around this room a little bit, with your passive perception, I think that you can notice that there seems to be one pedestal that is empty mm. in this exhibit. Cool. But you follow the Yamask over to this other side of the room. You see another statue that seems to be of, again, these things seem as though they're not all from the same place, but of similar origin, of similar timeline of when they might have been created. Uh, you come up to this statue that looks like a pretty crude carving of a Pokemon of some sort. It is somewhat eroded with time, and I don't know that you would recognize what it is, but next to it, there is a photograph. You see the man and the boy from the portrait downstairs with this yaw mask in front of what looks like a dig site. Oh. <sighs> I show a picture of Captain Ron. This is my dad. <sighs> and that's that's your kid, Mikey. The yaw mask was with you until you said Mikey and then is like taken aback a bit. Oh, not Mikey, huh? <sighs> it shakes its head no. Huh. What happened? The Yamask floats back into the office. Mm -hmm. Do you follow it? Yeah, totally. The Yamask goes and rustles around in some papers on the desk and looks through a drawer, pulls out a journal Ooh. and plops it on the desk. With its ghostly hands, it flips through the pages and goes to one of the last journal entries. And we read it. Story time. As you look in this journal of Professor Daniel Nichols, you read about how he and Mason traveled to Shimeji Town here in the Kanoko region. You read about how the professor and his son went to Shimeji Town to the Tomb of Sorrows, an ancient site here in the region. You read his notes, and a lot of it is kind of hard to understand because it's very academic, and there are a lot of big words in there, some seemingly for no reason other than the fact that he knows big words. Sure. But as you read through, you look through the notes, and you see that he starts talking about an object that he took from the Tomb of Sorrows. This odd keystone carved with runes on it and that seemed to have a fissure cracked in the middle of it. You read that he did tests and research about what this object is and seemed on the verge of a breakthrough before the notes stop and there's nothing else in the journal. After he writes about how he was on the verge of a breakthrough, finding out what this thing was and what its use was, what it was for. And that's the last entry. Pearl hugs the journal. This is so sad! What happened? I have a friend who also has keys, but he goes to like different worlds and he helps like characters set, be set free. But I don't think it's this kind of key. It's not that kind of key, huh? The Yamask shakes his head no. <laughs> Is the key missing? The Yamask shakes its head no again. Oh. And then it points down. The key is downstairs? Points down again. The key is under this house? The Yamask shakes its head. Should we get the key? The Yamask thinks for a second and then goes and grabs a framed picture of the professor and Mason and itself and goes and hugs it. Oh, and itself? So he's not the professor. Correct. The Yamask is in the photos with Oh, legit. With the the Yamask is a thing. Oh, so he's not Professor Nichols. Correct. Sorry, I thought I made that clear with the first photograph in the gallery. Put on your mask, if you will. Thinks about it for a second and then shakes his head no, no, like it doesn't want to. Are you scared of it? Nods its head yes. I hand him another cookie. Yeah, Mask eats the cookie. It's okay. I would probably be scared of the mask too. I have a weird mask with a cape thing and it, it got weird downstairs. Okay, so what is happening? 
So there's this key. Is there any knowledge of what the key does in this journal? Of the keystone? Yeah. In the journal, it describes the shape of this keystone that the professor recovered, took whatever the case may be from this Tomb of Sorrows. He describes how it seemed to have a strange dark aura emanating from it. It's not shaped like a key. Mm -hmm. It is more block shaped and it has two main dots indented on it that are larger and then some lightly carved runes around the sides and a large crack down the middle. He has a sketch of it in the book. Yeah, but it doesn't tell us what it does. It just has a dark aura. Correct. Reading through the notes, it seems as though he was on the verge of a breakthrough to figure out what it does. And then he died. And then he disappeared. Okay. Fainted. Disappeared. Got it. Wink. Sorry, kids. Um, So if we go downstairs, should we take the key? The Pokemon shakes its head no. Is the key what's keeping you here? It gives a kind of hand gesture. A little shrug. He holds up the picture and points to... The professor and to Uh, Mason. You're here because of the professor and Mason. Nods the head. Are they here? Nods hesitantly. Kind of here. What if the key, if we take the key, what if the key sets them free? It nods its head harder again. We gotta set them free. Nods again. Let's go downstairs. Can you get us downstairs? Let's go to the cellar right now. The Amask nods and starts floating through. Luca, we've made a breakthrough. Also, this is my new best friend. Sorry, Sealy. I didn't mean it. Oh, Lord. Okay, wait, stop. Just everybody stop. I got excited. This is my new friend. Don't take it personal. The friendship there has been for years, decades, my whole life. Oh, Lord. As this Pokemon floats out of the office and back into this main hallway, it looks at the messy room for a second. It thinks about going that way before it sort of shakes his head. Should we go in? The MS looks very hesitant. Let's not. Let's just focus on the key. You feel a slight breeze whoosh past you. Mason? Yamas, let's go, quick! Quick! Luca, hurry! Watch your back, they're on to us! As you are making your way toward the staircase, through the floor emerges a figure. It has a furrowed brow and a wide smile, and it is a black orb with these various gases coming off of it. The furrowed brow and the eyes, as you look a little bit closer, you can see that around the eyes look like glasses frames with a little ridge across. Good day, Professor. Don't mind us. We're just going downstairs to take your life's work. Bye. The orb shakes back and forth in a no gesture as the smile grows wider. (laughs) As that laugh echoes around the room. You recognize this as what Mikey became. Man, the Mikey thing is really tripping my brain up. Did Mikey have glasses? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Mikey's the bad guy. Mikey, why are you doing this? It just laughs. Ah, yeah, yeah, you would. (laughs) This black floating orb just laughs in place and seems to be trying to block your way downstairs. As also, you see the Yamask looks scared of it. Yamask, don't worry. We're going to get downstairs. We're going to free the professor, and we're going to free Mason. Go get it! Kiss it! Roll initiative. For initiative, Pearl gets a 20, the gaseous orb gets an 11, and Luca gets a 6. Pearl shouts out for Coconut to use Sweet Kiss. Coco, go, go, go. You got chocolates all over your lips. But with a 16, the ghost Pokemon saves. Okay, I know you're Mikey, but what really are you? Pokedex. You pull out the Pokedex and scan this black orb, and it says, Gastly, the gas Pokemon. Almost invisible, this gaseous Pokemon cloaks the target and puts it to sleep without notice. 
Aw, oh, man, another sleepy dude. Hey, that was actually helpful. Thank you, Pokedex, for once. This is the first one. Let it be known. We have done... I, I mean, now we've done 11. <laughs> we have done... I've, I've been training for now almost, like, a solid three months. And now I got a finally helpful tip. You're welcome. Everybody drink an espresso shot! That ends Pearl's turn and brings us to Ghastly. He attempts to use hypnosis on Coconut, forcing him to make a wisdom save as the hypnotic spirals roll out of his eyes and enwrap themselves around the Pichu. Coconut just barely passes the save with a 13, managing to stay awake. That ends Mikey the Ghastly's turn and brings us to Luca. He calls out for Trico to use a shadow rush, but the surly lizard misses with a 10. Pearl decides to try another sweet kiss, and once again the Ghastly saves with a 13, phasing out of the way and reappearing behind Trico. Ghastly forces Trico to make a wisdom save as the spirals of hypnosis come out from his eyes. With a roll of a 6, Trico is put to sleep. Unluckily for the Ghastly, Trico rolls a 16 to wake up at the beginning of his turn and immediately bounces up with a Trico, as if to say, Don't put me to sleep! He then tries to use an absorb attack on Ghastly, but the ghostly orb barely ducks out of the way as Trico gets an 11 to hit. On Pearl's turn, Coconut gets a 19 to hit with a Thundershock, doing 9 points of electric damage as Ghastly's distracted by Trico. The bolt of electricity arcs out and makes solid contact. And I know he denied your kiss, you get him! After taking the Thundershock, Ghastly turns his gaze back to Pichu and attempts once more to put him to sleep. With a roll of 10, Coconut is asleep. Alright, I know that took a lot out of you, but if you could wake up soon, that'd be great! <laughs> Luca yells out again for a shadow rush, and with a 17, Trico makes contact with Ghastly. Shadows swirl around him as he gets a solid hit that does 8 points of damage. Ghastly is looking pretty beat up. On Pearl's turn, Pichu wakes up with a roll of 19, much to the chagrin of Ghastly. Luckily for the ghost Pokemon, Pichu's Thunderbolt misses with a 6. How was your dream? I know, they're not gonna be good in here. Since his hypnosis strategy isn't working, Ghastly decides to switch things up with a lick attack on Coconut. Ew, don't touch me! We just had our fur washed! Now he gave us a bath! Ghastly unleashes this big nasty tongue out of its mouth and goes and starts chasing Coconut around the room, but Coconut is able to avoid it. Trico shoots forward with another Shadow Rush, connecting with a 17 and doing 6 points of damage. Ghastly looks like he's on the verge of being knocked out, fading in and out of this material plane as he takes a shadowy hit. It's okay, Yamask. I promise you, we'll get out of here. Thundershock. Coconut hits the Ghastly with a 14 and does 5 points of electric damage. May the power of Pichu compel you! With this powerful thundershock that rattles the whole second story of the house. You can see Ghastly fading out of existence, but just willing itself to stay in just Aww. a little bit longer. Like, HP-wise, it is KO'd, but it is hanging on as hard as it can. As with that, Yamask actually comes around and comes between <gasps> Coconut and Mikey and just, like, puts its hands out. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? I thought we were supposed to stop it. This is one of the problems, right, Yamask? And Yamask looks at the Ghastly. Ghastly. With a scowl now, not the smile. And they seem to converse for a second. As Yamask is gesturing towards you all and seems to be talking with the Ghastly in a language that you cannot understand. I whisper to Coconut and say, tell them we want to help. As they are talking with each and other. I give, I give Coconut a cookie to try to convince Coconut to do that. <laughs> you give Coconut the cookie and Coconut says, Pichu! And waddles over to <laughs> Just crouching on a cookie wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make a roll. 
So yeah, Coconut waddles over there and listens to the conversation for a second. As the conversation goes on, Yamask notices that Coconut is there and gestures and Coconut joins in. And they have this conversation and very slowly, the ghastly seems to stabilize where it is and it doesn't seem hostile anymore, but it's looking at you suspiciously and looking back at the Yamask. Luke, I think we need like a treaty or something to sign, like the spooktacular mansion Vienna treaty of 2000 and pokey. I think it's happening. You got a treaty handy? Sure. And I whip out a scroll and I sign it. You do. You sign too, Luca. He signs it. And I, I, I show it to the pokey. We mean it. We want to help. Look at our scroll. The ghastly looks at you and looks back at the yaw mask and the coconut and just sort of bobs up and down in a cautious nod and gets out of the way so that you can access the stairs. Okay, yaw mask. Lead the way. <sighs> and the yaw mask starts floating down the stairs. Huh, when in doubt, a scroll always helps. And I unscroll, I rescroll my scroll. <laughs> <laughs> you walk behind the yaw mask, making your way down. Your whole crew My since party. <laughs> Toofus and Celie have just been hanging out, not as the active Pokemon, but just kind of around. Yeah. <laughs> and Trico and Coconut are walking as well. I think with your passive perception, you notice that the Ghastly is following from a distance, okay. keeping space between Hesitant. you and it, but it seems curious. Cool. That's better than what we had before, which was just straight up aggression. From the journal of Professor Daniel Nichols. October 8th. I feel as though I am on the threshold of discovery regarding the artifact that Mason and I recovered from the Tomb of Sorrows near Semeji Town. I'm still unsure as to what its intended use was, but after extensive testing, I believe it was used to seal something away. However, what that something is, I do not know. The technology we've been developing to identify the strange force that emanates from the artifact is new and highly sought after, but still far from perfect. The runes on this odd keystone are familiar. I've seen them at other ancient sites around the Kinoko region. As of yet, I've been unable to decipher them, but again, I feel that I am close. I'm unsure if the large fissure in the middle has always been there, or if the artifact was damaged before we came across it. More questions. I know we are close to a breakthrough. I just need a bit more time. Hello friends, Jonah here to say thank you for listening to another very spooky episode of Postcards from Pearl. If you're a fan of what we do here on Quest Company Jr. and you want to give us a boost, please go over to our page on the Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It is a huge help to us. We read every review that comes in and fun fact... This episode is coming out on mine and Sarah's anniversary. If you want to get us an anniversary gift, maybe go ahead and leave us that review or tell a friend about the show. Wink. Happy anniversary, Sarah. Love you, sweetheart. 
And if you find folks really love what we do here at Quest Company Jr. and you want to take the next step in supporting us, please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. You can help us to cover necessary expenses and help us continue to improve the quality of the podcast. We have got multiple patron tiers available and every little bit helps. Also, we've had a lot of fun releasing weekly episodes in the lead up to our special spooky episodes, but after this week, we're going back to bi-weekly. However, if you crave that content and you just can't wait two weeks in between episodes, our next Patreon goal is for weekly Quest Company Junior episodes. If you'd like to give us that support, you can do so at patreon.com slash Podcast. You can find the link to the Patreon on our website, questcompanyjunior.com. If you'd like to contact us, you could do so directly through our website or by finding us on Instagram at The Quest Company and on Twitter at Questco Junior. You can also hang out with us in our Discord that we have for both Quest Company and Questco Junior. The link to that is on our website and Twitter. Now, we know that word of mouth is the best way to get people listening to a new podcast. So please, if you're enjoying the show, tell your friends, let other people know. If we see you tweeting about us or posting fan art using hashtag QuestCodeJunior or hashtag Postcards from Pearl, you might get a character named after you on the show. Mikey, Professor Nichols, and Mason are all named after folks who are listeners and friends of the show. And to be honest, I think they've got some pretty cool characters named after them. So if you want on that list, it is a very attainable goal. Just hit us up on social media. In the world of fan art, I want to give a big old shout out and thank you to new listener Peach at Peach Doodles on Twitter, who has recently binged all the episodes we have so far and sent us some drawings of Pearl and Seely. They are adorable, and if you haven't seen them, go check them out on our Instagram and Twitter or on the fan art page of the website where we've got a gallery of all the art that people have sent us. And if you have fan art of the podcast that you want to share, just make sure when you post it to tag us so that we can see it. Also, speaking of word of mouth, it is last call, my friends. That is right. You only have a few more days to pre-order the Petal Dance Zine, a grass-type Pokemon zine with proceeds benefiting the Natural Resources Defense Council. Now, I know what you're thinking, but wait, Jonah, you said that pre-orders close on November 1st, and you're right, I did say that. But pre-orders have been extended to November 8th. So if you want to get your hands on some incredible art and help the people who are fighting the good fight to protect and preserve our planet, get your copy now. I'd like to take a moment to thank all of the amazing artists whose work is featured in this episode. Thank you to Foolboy Media for the song Video Game Land. Thank you to Turku, Nomads of the Silk Road for the song Muhabet. Thank you to Kinsis Marrera for the song Rainbow Forest. Thanks to the Orichalcan for the song Clairvoyant Eulogy. Thanks to Aaron Kenny for the song English Country Garden. Thank you to PU Freak for the song Clash of the Titans. Thank you to Fishy and Andy Jane for the song Super Effective. Thank you to Carl Orff for O Fortuna. And thank you to the 129ers for the song Sinkhole Dream. Thank you to TabletopAudio.com for providing the ambient sounds. That's all for me, so let's get back to the action. Thank you for listening to Postcards from Pearl on Quest Company Jr. You and Luca, along with your retinue of Pokemon, follow the Yamask down the grand staircase, ghastly trailing behind you. We're like a spooky parade. Hey, in this little trail, can I hand um, Coconut the metal thing that I found in the fields of the Combies? Yeah, you want to give Coconut the magnet? Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. As you hand over the magnet, outside the stormy weather rages on and you see the occasional flash of lightning and hear the accompanying rumble of thunder. 
You reached the door on the northern wall of the Great Hall, the one that was not just an illusion. Yamask phases through it, you hear a clicking sound, and the door swings open to reveal what looks like a smaller study. Wow, he would have saved us a lot of time earlier. Yeah, well, to be fair, we didn't know that there was a staircase there earlier. You know, valid, valid, these things happen for a reason. Onward. So do you follow into the study? Totes. Awesome. You step in. And as you look around, you note that there seem to be signs of a struggle long since dusted over with time. And as you're looking around, a light breeze blows some papers around that were lying scattered on the ground. That seems weird, since even though this place has a lot of problems that you've experienced, a draft is not one that you've really noticed up to this point. Seely, buckle up. Hold my hand. I feel the winds of change. Are you looking around at all, or are you just waiting? Oh, definitely. We'll look around. I'm sorry, are we in the basement or the attic or like this is just like a little holding room and there's a struggle? I'm a little confused on what this room is. In the grand hall where you all came in, where the portrait of the professor and his son is. Yeah. In that big main room, this is a door directly from that on this same ground floor. Thank you. That's what I needed. This is where you are at right now. You are not downstairs or anything right now as far as underground or anything like that. I'm I'm thinking that our sweet little yaw mask may not fully understand the concept of like downstairs versus underground you know when he pointed down he probably just meant this but who knows i could be wrong as you're standing in here you see the yamask looking through books on a bookshelf in this room and it seems to be taking a moment as it's flipping through them these tendril-like arms floating in front of it and pulling out books and looking at titles and things like that we need a book all hands on deck and i start to just like put books in front of Yamask to help Yamask go faster. Absolutely. And Celie does too. You start pulling books off of the lower shelves since that's what you can reach. We also put glasses on just for the fun of it. You know, like the classic trope. Oh wow, the high schooler with glasses, they take their glasses off. You never knew it was them. We're smart. As you're doing this business with the books and the glasses, go ahead and give me a perception check. 21. 21. The glasses really helped. So studious. (laughs) As you were pulling out books and showing them to the Yamask and throwing them to the side, adjusting your glasses, doing all these things, you do notice a particular theme amongst the books. Many of them are to do with ancient Pokemon and human civilizations, human and Pokemon relations throughout history going way, way back as far as history can go, as far as it has been recorded. Some things factual, some things mythical. It runs the gambit. As you were looking at these and moving them to the side and all of that, once again you feel the breeze wisp through and this time you hear. Seely? Or? Oh darn it, I thought you were maybe saying that. Or, or. Man, you heard it too? What are you talking about? Nothing! Okay, I just heard a creepy phantom whisper saying help us. Which I thought we were doing. Kind of. Book sale? Is that helpful? Luca just turns and deadpan turns around, looks at the ghastly like, was that you? And the ghastly just shakes its being. <laughs> shakes its orb-like self. Too many orb things yeah, here. I'm like, <laughs> orbs are, uh, yeah, orbs are hard. A lot of orbs around lately. Yeah, I mean, that's what you get when you play Poles and Doors. Coming out now by Harsbro. The newest shoots and ladders. Hasbro? And- Hasbro? It's Harsboro. That's the the one. Har- Harsboro is in this the universe. Kroger brand. <laughs> but Ghastly returns the gaze like, not me. Oh man. 
as that look back and forth between them is happening that you observe, you hear Yamask pull one last book off of the shelf, off of one of the higher shelves. Mm -hmm. And as it comes off, you can see the bookcase start to move as it opens up. Luca, are you seeing this? Yeah. Celia, are you seeing this? Well, I guess the key was not Miss Mermaids and me. And I throw a book away. I was hoping a wall like this would would exist. And uh, boy, howdy, <laughs> you did not disappoint. In a Halloween episode, of course it does. You got a desk. You got a book wall. You got the spooks. You got the paintings with the eyeballs. What more could you ask for? I mean, we're really trying to cover all of our haunted house bases. Let's be honest. I mean, we have the organ, so this is why I'm horrified to continue on in the game. Because I feel <laughs> like we've checked all the necessary boxes. So this entire shelf has opened, revealing itself to be a door with steps descending down into the darkness below. Oh, he meant down. Yamask meant down. Yep. All the way. Click, click. And the skeleton glow begins anew. It had been fading a little bit as Coconut was like, oh, just kind of hanging out. You're like, nope, I need it. (laughs) Full nightlight. Clapper. Do you go down the stairs? Oh, yeah, 1,000%. Great. I would. I will let Yamask lead if Yamask wants to lead. Yamask definitely leads, ushers to you with this tendril-like arm and spectral fingers to follow as it continues to float down the stairs. I assume you're right after Yamask with your peeps and then Luca bringing up the rear yeah. with his. Yeah. Whenever I feel afraid, I ort a little ort, 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 and then I have a little ort, 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 and then I know that I'm not afraid. Make believe your ort, and the trick will take you far. You may be as brave as you ort believe you are. You may be as brave as you ort believe you are. That didn't help as much as I thought, Seely. And I think Seely just like continues to hum or that as we walk down the stairs. Absolutely. Meanwhile, in the back, you can hear Luca and the sounds of like the ghastly as Luca's like, stop that. Come on, stop it. What are you doing? (laughs) He messing with you, Luca? Yeah, he's messing with me. It's probably your hair. It's kind of like, it's kind of something you kind of want to touch, but you don't want to ask permission to touch it. So you just kind of touch it. Yep. That's what it's doing. (laughs) Stop it. As you all make your way down, you come to the end of the stairs. And by Coconut's spooky skeleton light, you can see the most modern-looking place that you've encountered in the entire house. Oh, I don't like that. It reminds you of a dated version of the Inoki Village Lab, with scientific instruments of unknown purpose on desks and tables and pedestals scattered throughout the left side of this room as you walk in. To the right, there's a reinforced glass wall, you know, the kind that's got, like, the wires going through it? with a door that has multiple locks on it and a simple sign that says storage. If you walk up to it, you can see on the other side shelves and shelves of crates and boxes with labels that you can't quite read going back further than coconut's light can even shine. And then directly across from the stairs, you see a hole in the wall. What do you want to do? What? What kind of hole in the wall are we talking about here? Like 
true cartoon cutout. Like, I see the silhouette of whoever ran in it. Like, acid burn hole. Like, what? It looks to be a hole crudely dug just over five feet by five feet. Dug. It does not seem as though it was made as part of what is going on down here. It seems as though something not machine created this hole. Machine. That's not cool. Okay. Um, and then is this room dusty? Yes, this room is dusty. Okay, I feel I feel a lot of comfort in the dust. Luca, what pla- what is this place? I will say that it is less dusty than the stuff upstairs, just because of how like you know, when you go down underground and everything, if it's an undisturbed thing, it's not really dusty because there's not dust down there. Okay. Does that make sense? But I get the sense that it hasn't been touched in a while. It hasn't been touched in a while. And it's not like it wasn't perfectly sealed. Like it wasn't airtight or anything preserving it as is. So there's like a little bit of dust but it's not as much dust as there was like in the study and things like that. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Luca, what do you think this place is? Where are we? I have no idea. Will you stop that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna lie, I kinda dig it (laughs) Pearl says underneath her breath Okay, I'm gonna ask What next? How do we help with the keystone? The mask just points at the hole I knew you were gonna say that Coconut Hop in my arms Seely Get back in And you put Seely back in the Pokeball? You do. She puts her flippers on your face. I put my my flippers on her face. You guys are just like sandwiching coconut between you with your hands and flippers on each other's faces as coconut's like squished in the middle. Okay, ready, Seely? Back in the ball. It's a good family chat. Kind of got me a little teary though. Okay, we're fine. I'm very brave. Coconut, let me hold you. Is here. So how would you like to proceed? What would you like to do? I do put Seely back in. Okay. I, I clutch Coconut. Before we go down into this hole, can I see if I have any inclination of what was last done here? Of what was last done here? Yeah, like, does this main computer work? Could we, like, press a space bar and it, like, is there any electricity, like... Anything that gives a sense of like, oh, they were trying to make a transfer or oh, something, something in this lab space. Interesting. Go ahead. I was between two things before you clarify, but now that you've clarified, uh, go ahead and make an investigation check. That was a high roll. 18. 18. With an 18, you find that there is no source of power that is active right now that you could like flip a switch and do very easily. You do have an electric type, so you can always give things a shot if you want. That's up to you if you want to attempt that. I think that with your 18, you realize that Coconut could attempt to jumpstart something if you wanted to give that a shot. You also, with your 18 investigation, look around to see not only what might have been happening as far as with the machinery and stuff, but what might have actually happened in this space, piecing together that there was signs of a struggle upstairs, it seemed like, and looking around down here, you see more signs of that. You see a couple beakers and tubes and a a machine or two that seems askew or knocked over, and you find some dark, dark brown substance, just some drops here and there on the floor 
Interesting. Almost faded into the rest of it with time, but there are drops of something, some liquid throughout. Is there... You notice they go up the stairs as far as you wish to go. It actually seems like, if you're looking, that it was coming down, and those dark brown drops do go to the hole. Okay. Cool. Luca, watch my back. And when I say watch it, I mean back to back. Okay, assuming the position. Thank you. Wow, we've really gotten like some lingo going. Okay, um, I want to go to the main computer. Okay. And see if Coconut can jumpstart it. All right. How do you want to get Coconut to do such a thing? I... <laughs> I say, Coco. Let me see your hand. And I look for like a outlet or a, not an outlet, like a, a place where you could put like a flash drive in the computer. Okay, so you're looking for like a USB outlet yes. kind of thing? Yes. Okay, yeah, see, I, that's why I was confused. I didn't know if you were looking for like a power outlet no, or like a USB outlet. Like a drive. USB outlet. Yeah, I think that on a main sort of workstation-looking computer. Looks a lot like one of the old fish tank uh, Apple computers. I love it. Oh, that's funny. Do I have to use, like, a move to do this? I think that, yeah, sure, technically, we can say that this is a thunder shock. Okay. I put Coconut's finger inside the USB drive. Okay. And I say, thunder shock. Just give me a flat D20 roll. <laughs> Gosh. You know you're melting a DM's brain when you say, <laughs> when you get that response. 19. 19. And I'm so scared for how whatever rolls are coming for the rest of the night because I've been rolling so well. <laughs> Just use them all up now before you go in the hole. No! With a 19, Coconut glows brighter, and you can see energy coursing from his stubby little finger into this PC. And you see in this machine and in some of the ones in the immediate area that look like maybe they were plugged into the same power strip that they flicker on, they flicker to life. And for just a minute, it's not very long, but it is long enough for you to see on this main computer, you see an image of this keystone, an actual photograph of it now, rather than just a sketch in a notebook. You see notes about something called the distortion world and something called shadow energy, and you see the word spiritum, and none of this makes any real sense to you as it is all written in a sort of scientific shorthand mm -hmm. notes that seem like they were being typed out at the time notes that seem to be related to an experiment that was happening at the time that this all went off Ooh. as the notes end very abruptly and as you reach the end of that coconut glows a little fainter and the power turns back off and once again the light that was there for just a moment from some of the surrounding machinery fades away and all that you're left with is the light from Coconut. Good job, Coconut. Thank you. You're so strong. Beep, beep. Okay, let's go down the creepy hole. Beep, beep. <laughs> you know, roll low, YOLO. You got your metal toy? Beep, beep, beep. Just play with that for a little bit. Just fiddling with this little magnet? <laughs> yeah, just play with the magnet. That's what you do, kids. Here's my keys and play with my magnet. Want my purse? I'm dead, I don't have a purse. And so you proceed down this hole? Ready, Luca? Yeah, let's do it. Your Tufus hop back in. You'll probably be back out soon enough. And Trico stays out. And Trico seems very intent about the hole right now. Why? Trico's just looking at it very intently. I like Trico. I like how serious you take this, man. You should grow a mustache. Trico. It will look good. Thinks about it and nods. <laughs> 
Michael. All right, let's do this, guys. All right. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I don't know how to phrase this. And I look at Yamask, and I look at Ghastly. I don't know how to say this, guys, but we're probably going to need your help down there. Yes. Will you help us? Yamask, like, nods very quickly in response to that and seems very intent on going. Ghastly, who still seems kind of beat up from y'all's fight earlier, seems a little bit more hesitant. I want to give Ghastly a potion. Yeah. I think that Luca will, too. Cool. I think that both of you guys, in this moment of trust being gained, I think, both give Ghastly a potion. Awesome. How much did you roll to give Ghastly? I got him eight. Eight? Nice. And he actually gets nine from Luca. Nice. Good job, guys. And I think that with that, Ghastly seems to have his resolve strengthened a little more and seems more on board with what y'all are doing. Less of a hesitant bystander now and certainly not as much the uh, malevolent trickster that he was before. It's okay. You can still mess with Luca's hair, I promise. He is now. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Here we go. Maybe it's a slip and slide. And I start walking down the hole. You start walking down? (laughs) Can we sneak? Or does that mean we have to take out our light? If you sneak, your light must be out. Oh, I can't do it, guys. I'm no. I because here's the thing. If it's just me as Pearl, I would take the risk. Uh-huh. But because I have a whole party mm-hmm. and my beautiful, beautiful Pokemon, I can't put them at risk like that. It's your choice. It's whatever you want to do. I feel like it's a terrible decision. It's certainly a difficult decision. No, we're not gonna do it. So you're gonna leave the light on? No, we're gonna take the light off. Oh, okay. We're going full spooky. Okay. Are you still going to hold coconut? Yeah, while you're 1000%. Going down? So that if I need the light on, I can immediately click. Great. Okay. So your order going in then God. will be the Yamask. I asked Luca his opinion, though, because I don't want to make this decision without asking Luca. I know that sounds super silly, but it just seems so risky. Luca. Yeah. If I turn off this nightlight to try to sneak up on them, when I say turn off nightlight, I mean turn off Coco. I know what you mean. What do you think? Well,. I think either way, we are in a living nightmare right now. Right? That's what I was thinking. I don't know that a nightlight is going to do a whole lot of a difference right now anyway, so maybe we just give ourselves our best shot of sneaking up on something. Let's do it. We'll have to wait a minute for our eyes to adjust before we go any further. Oh, smart. Wow. What a great team move. Good job. Thanks. I don't want to stumble around in the dark. All right. I turn off coconut. We let our eyes adjust. You flip coconut's ear, and it becomes pitch black. I don't know how I feel about this decision anymore. But also, Coconut's my active Pokemon. It does not take, does it take an action to turn Coconut back on? Yes. No! Oh, guys, that's the thing about playing this game. You think you think about everything, and then you realize you've thought about nothing. So you want to continue with the light off? I turn Coconut back on right immediately. I can't do it, Luke. I can't do it. I'm not afraid of the dark. Don't give me that look. I am not judging. I am so not judging. Yeah, it's too much, dude. What if we fall? What if this hole leads down to like a huge, huge cavern and we break our legs and we never had a chance? Yeah, yeah, possibility. You're correct. Okay, moving onward. Yamask, who is further down from you in the tunnel, just sets one of its spectral hands on your shoulder reassuringly and just gives a little nod. Thanks. And I give myself a cookie. And you head down? Yeah. For the ninth time you've asked that question, I really do mean it this time. For real this time. For real. For real. The party starts making their way down this tunnel. 
as you go through it, you can see it is definitely not machine made. Obviously, it is very crude, very messy, and you're making your way through it, and it is barely big enough that it would be able to have a full-grown human go through it. They would have to crouch, probably. You're fine. Wow, Luke this is, is just my size. just about hunched over. Not too much, but he's just got to duck just a little bit to not bonk his hair. I get how Baby Bear and Goldilocks feel now. And when I say Baby Bear, I mean Baby Ursary. Baby Teddy Ursa. <laughs> just trying to keep it lighthearted as my hair is literally on the edge of my skin. Keep going. <laughs> you continue as you can feel the elevation changing as the tunnel starts going more at a downward slope and it twists and turns a little bit as it goes and after a couple of minutes it seems like it's starting to widen out a little more can i ask a random question is it getting cooler or hotter it's getting colder okay girl scouts and as it starts to widen out a little more i'll give you with your passive perception because it's not terribly hard to notice especially since you're more toward the front as you are coming around, you're, you're approaching another bend, and you can see a faint purplish glow coming from around the side of this corner, coming from whatever's on the other side. The tunnel is starting to widen out more, and you can see just this faint purplish glow on the other side. You just see that as you're going. I don't know if you want to continue or not, but you notice that. We have to continue that way, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's it, There are no forks or anything. It's just like something just dug its way down, down, down this far. This looks like it's it, Luca. Yep. Yeah, you're probably right. I wish you the eye of a tiger, the heart of the seal, and the feet of a short chick. Let's go. Same. You continue. Yeah. Mercy. We sure do. You round the bend, and the tunnel opens up wider and wider into... A cavern. You can see that this is actually a cavern that seems to have existed already, and as you're walking in, you can tell that it was sort of like the tunnel busted through into this, so it is a bit more natural area there, actually, you know, rather than just seeming like it was dug, like you see that there are some stalagmites and stalactites, and across the room, it seems small in your vision right now, but you see a familiar-looking stone with this purple aura that seems to be coming from it. And in that purple, some wisps of green as it sort of spirals out almost. There it is, Luca. I see it. What do we do now? I want to see if there's anything else in this room besides that. Give me a perception check. 16. 16? This is where I really start to feel like I'm playing D&D. Remember when I asked you at the first ruin, can I touch this? With a 16... All that you see are the stalagmites and stalactites around the cavern, the stone across the room that has this glow emanating from it, and the shadows on the walls. What would you like to do? Make our way in with great caution, I guess? Just take a few more steps forward? See for any, any Indiana Jones booby traps? You do not experience any Indiana Jones booby traps. Kind of bummer. I would have loved to mess up that theme song, too. (laughs) (laughs) You do, however, feel another draft and a different voice over the wind. Almost a multitude of voices, actually, that say, And the wind brushes against you, and it seems like it's coming from this stone, and it's whooshing past you. 
She definitely screams. <sighs> I'm sorry, we can't do that. Uh, not only am I here to catch them all, I, I think I'm here to set something free. And do you keep moving forward? I guess so. Luca? Yeah? Assume the position! You guys back to back. As you are inching your way across the room toward this stone, you notice that the aura around it begins to get brighter as the purple and green swirl around each other. And the closer you get to it, the more hypnotic it is almost. Oh, I don't want to fall asleep. These blue and purple no. swirls coming out larger and larger and larger until they make this disc almost, this projected image in front of this keystone. And in the swirls, the green comes off from the swirls and turns into orbs around the edges. And then you see a very distorted looking face emerge with a swirly eye and a menacing, crooked, almost jack-o'-lantern-esque grin. Roll initiative. What? For initiative, Pearl rolls a four and Luca rolls a 15. As the face with the many voices emerges from the stone, this projected disc seems to be tethered to the stone somehow, moving around the room but only within a certain range of the fissure in the keystone. But as it comes out speaking and snarling at the group, behind Pearl and Luca, there's a and they see behind them another spectral Pokemon floating in the air, dark blue with wavy hair and its lower half resembling a ruffled dress. It has what almost looks like a pearl necklace, but rather than white, the orbs are all blood red. As it bursts out, it startles the group and uses Astonish on Coconut. Luca! With a roll of 16, the ghost Pokemon does seven points of ghost damage to the Pichu and causes him to flinch. On his turn, Coconut will be unable to take an action. After that surprise from this new ghostly enemy, Luca is next in initiative. So before ordering Trico to do something, Luca's like, what the heck is that? As Luca whips around and scans this Pokemon in the Pokedex, this thing that even though he was looking out for it, was just one with the shadows and popped out in this moment to startle you all. He scans it and his Pokedex says, Mischievous, the Screech Pokemon. Mischievous frightens people with a creepy sobbing cry. The Pokemon apparently uses its red spheres to absorb the fearful feelings of foes and turn them into nutrition. You're eating my fears? That sounds delicious. That'd be awesome. I have face fear in the face, but I haven't eaten my fears. That's gotta be some healthy therapy. Just eat your fears. Eat your fears. Don't eat your feelings, eat your fears. Ew, what? No, that's fear factor. <laughs> that's spiders. We're eating spiders. Aw, oh, man, we're Timon and Pumbaa eating bugs now. Slimy, yet satisfying. After scanning as a bonus action, Luca yells out. All right, Trico, go for an absorb. But Trico misses with a 12, as orbs of green come bursting out from Trico and none find purchase on the mischievous as it's up in the air flying back and forth to avoid the hit. That takes us to the mysterious Pokemon from the stone, as it says, <sighs> and it attempts to bestow a curse on Coconut, forcing him to make a wisdom save. Isn't Have It Your Way some, like, theme for some fast food company? <laughs> Coco got a nat 20. Nat 20. Oh, man, that's good. 
That's a real good, uh, real good thing that Coconut just made that save. Coconut is unaffected by that curse. Coconut's like, Burger King? BCP? I'm kinda hungry, me too. These green tendrils of light come and like start wrapping themselves around Coconut and Coconut's just like, get, get off, get off. <laughs> I'm thinking about food right now. That brings us to Yamask's turn, who is going to look at you and nod intently and turn back to face this face and is going to attempt to mold the shadows in its own way and shoot them out toward it for a nightshade attack. This is the power of friendship and cookies! Yeah, Yamask! The nightshade hits with an 18 and does nine points of ghost damage. Good job, Yamask. <sighs> that finally brings us to Pearl's turn. I'm scanning it. You're scanning it? Yeah. Awesome. Go for it. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I was like, all right, do whatever you're going to do I now. I got nothing. I never played this as a kid. That Poké Train left a long time ago, man. Okay, I mean, Pearl's Pokédex entry is... Ever wondered if Silly String could be alive? Well, that's it. <laughs> if Silly String could be alive? Yeah, like the strings and the wind Oh my gosh, like that's hilarious. That one was for free, y'all. You get one. You get one. What your Pokedex actually says is, Spiritomb, the forbidden Pokemon. Its constant mischief and misdeeds resulted in it being bound to an odd keystone by a mysterious spell. Okay, if this is what I'm battling as a 10-year-old who has literally ventured from home for like a couple days, I shudder to think when we are in episode like 30, what I will be facing. I shudder. Spiritomb? What? Can I hear it again? I'm so confused. Pearl says literally out loud. I don't have an action. Hit me again, Pokedex. The Pokedex repeats the statement. Spiritomb, the forbidden Pokemon. Its constant mischief and misdeeds resulted in it being bound to an odd keystone by a mysterious spell. So you're expecting me to break a spell? What? Can I make a history check if I know how to stop whatever is happening? Yeah, you can keystone? make a history check. Yeah, sure, why not? Natural 20. I kid you not. I'm so psyched out of my mind right now. If I was not on a recording, I would be screaming and yelling in real life. I have a lot of intense focused energy because of that nat 20. Give me everything you got. Okay, cool. With a nat 20, you have heard sailors telling ghost stories on ships before. What do you do with a drunken keystone? What do you... Okay, wait, try again. What do you do with the haunted keystone? What do you do with the haunted keystone? Oh my gosh, this song was real. That's why dad always sang it. What do you do with the haunted keystone? What do you do with the haunted keystone? You run for your life because it eats you. That's the haunted keystone. Hey, hey, you sailor running. Hey, hey, your pokey running. Hey, hey, we all are running from the haunted keystone. Oh, <gasps> Dad! All right, with your natural 20, you have heard sailors tell ghost stories on the ship when you have been hanging around even when you probably shouldn't because you are a small child. That's my life. But you have heard these tall tales of things happening, these supernatural occurrences. Like, the world of Pokemon is pretty wild, but even then, there are things that are like, oh, this is out of the ordinary. One of the things that you have heard about as far as cleansing ghosts, banishing ghosts, 
is something called a cleanse tag. If you could get your hands on one of those, that would be able to potentially seal the thing away. But until then, the best thing to do to get rid of a ghost type Pokemon is KO it, at least as a temporary solution. Hey Luca, any chance you have a cleanse tag in your pocket? Nope, fresh out. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's the way the beat it besides just beating it. Cool, cool, cool. Trico, go on. At this point, the battle has essentially split into two groups. Luca, Trico, and Mikey the Ghastly battling the Mischievous, and Pearl, Coconut, and Yamask fighting the Spiritomb. It's kind of like, would you say it's kind of like a monster mash? I think it was. Like a graveyard smash. Well, it certainly caught on in a flash. Cue Pichu skeleton glow. <laughs> Ghastly and Trico bounce off of each other, setting one another up for shadow rushes and lick attacks against Mischievous while it tries to retaliate against the duo when it gets an opening. That brings us to Spiritomb's turn, who with a ghostly wail sends out two dark shadows from its ethereal body, using its legendary attack ability to use two shadow sneaks at the same time. As they move swiftly along the stalagmites and stalactites in the room, they both make their way to Coconut and Yamask. With a 12 and 17 respectively, Shadow Sneak hits them both. Coconut only takes 6 damage while Yamask receives a much heavier hit. Pearl cries out for Coconut to use a Thundershock, barely hitting with a 17 and doing 9 points of electric damage as the electricity shoots forth from the mouse Pokemon's chubby cheeks. Yamask then uses another Nightshade attack, rolling a natural 18 and doing 13 points of damage to Spiritomb as he pulls more shadows from the walls and flings them at the projected face of the opposing ghost Pokemon. As that's happening, the secondary skirmish continues as Trico sends out Absorb attacks and pulls more energy from the Mischievous, while Mischievous uses Astonish to pull energy from Trico into its red pearl necklace, and Ghastly attempts to help his new friend by putting the Mischievous to sleep with Hypnosis. Back at the top of initiative, Spiritomb goes for a feint attack on Coconut, hitting with a 19 and causing 10 points of dark damage as it reaches through the shadows and strikes out with dark tendrils at the Pichu. On Yamask's turn, it attempts to use Astonish as it fades out of sight for a moment before popping out right in front of the Spiritomb. The Spiritomb just deadpan looks at Yamask and bats it away. Aw, come on, he gave it his poopiest try. Pearl decides to have Coconut go for another Thundershock, but misses with a total of 12. As the Thundershock goes wide and hits a stalactite and Yamask retreats from getting in the Spiritomb's face, we check in on the other battle that's happening simultaneously. Trico is going all out with Shadow Rush attacks and Ghastly is trying to lick it with its awful tongue, while Mischievous responds by shooting powerful waves of psychic energy at the two of them. Back at the top of initiative, Spiritomb uses Confuse Ray on Coconut, but only confuses him for one turn as the purple and green swirls go in a hypnotic pattern and Coconut is transfixed by them. Yamask goes back to using Nightshade, using its own shadows to ineffectively try and combat the shadows that Spiritomb is using to battle. Yamask is unable to damage the opposing ghosts. That takes us to Pearl, who tries something different. I think we're going to take the risk and we're going to sweet kiss. The whole song What About Love is just playing in my head. <laughs> and I'm not going to sing it for copyright reasons, but I know you know, guys. I know you know. After succeeding with a 12 on his confusion roll, Coconut gives the Spiritomb a sweet kiss and forces it to make an intelligence save. With the 10, the Spiritomb fails and becomes confused for two rounds. You can't fight the sweet kisses. We're marinated in chocolate. 
in the battle on the other side of the room, Ghastly has successfully put Mischievous to sleep with hypnosis, as Trico is now absorbing life force from it, and Ghastly seems like it's boring into the mind of the Pokemon. His eyes grow brighter and his smile grows bigger as he sucks life force from it as well, as the Dream Eater attack seemingly pulls wispy, gassy images from the head of the sleeping Pokemon, very much like a Dementor. At the top of initiative, Spiritomb gets a 10, barely succeeding on its confusion roll. It looks down at the Pichu directly in front of it, as in the haze, purple and green tendrils swirl and wrap themselves around Coconut's body, and it tries once more to curse the electric mouse. As the shadows bounce along the walls and the jagged, projected mouth smiles, Coconut is forced to make a wisdom save, but rolls an 18 to avoid the Spiritomb's curse. Yamask uses Nightshade once more, and with a total of 23, hits the Spiritomb with shadowy energy for 13 points of ghost damage. It strips the shadows from the walls and flings them at the Spiritomb, these incorporeal things making contact with each other as though they were actual physical objects. Pearl shouts out for a Thundershock, and Coconut hits with a 22. He does 6 points of electric damage to the spectral threat, as the light and glow coming from this sinister Pokemon flickers and begins to get darker as Spiritomb continues to take damage. The tide of the other battle has shifted strongly in Luca's team's favor, with the mischievous looking as though it's barely hanging on to its ability to stay on this material plane, continually phasing in and out of this reality as it tosses and turns in its spectral sleep. Ghastly continues to pull smoky, gassy wisps of energy from the opposing ghost as it looks more and more shriveled and weak. Ghastly's eyes glow and he seems to get slightly bigger and his fumes spread as he drinks in this life force. At the same time, Trico has a slight green glow as he continually uses his absorb attack to bolster himself, Luca cheering them on all the while. Wow, I'm glad we've got Ghastly on our team. That guy's horrifying. Yeah, he's real scary. Keep it up, team. We're making progress. I see the flickers. On Spiritomb's turn, it only rolls an 8 to resist its confusion, rendering it unable to act as it hurts itself in its confusion. Unlucky for the Spiritomb, but very lucky for our heroes. Yamask attempts another Nightshade on Spiritomb and definitely hits with a natural 18, and in the spirit of consistency, does another 13 points of ghost damage. Wow, this little Yamask, I love. The Yamask loves the Professor and wants the Professor and Mason back. I love Yamask so much. Again, a lot of pent-up aggression. I think this is something Yamask has dreamed about for a long time. I mean, Yamask has just been sitting in a room crying for like at least 10 years, Aww. so yeah. <laughs> but what is time to a ghost? With Spiritomb's confusion ended, it's Pearl's turn once more. I want a sweet kiss again. I just can't stop it. Once the lips get going, how can you fight a little Coco? As Coconut plants a big old kiss on the ghost Pokemon, Spiritomb rolls a 7 on its intelligence save, becoming confused for another two rounds. On the other side of the room, it looks as though the last turn of Absorb and Dream Eater did its work, as the mischievous was unable to wake up and fight back after being put to sleep. As the last bit of energy is drained, much like the Litwick, mischievous falls to the ground and phases through the floor, leaving no trace. That takes us to Spiritomb's turn, and it starts its turn by making its confusion roll from Coconut's Sweet Kiss. Sweet Kiss. Again, the power of love. Pokemon supports love. That is a natural 20. Spiritomb is no longer confused. Okay. Spiritomb, shaking out of it, is going to look directly down at Coconut and once again go for the feign attack as this <sighs> energy almost... I keep on using the Dementor thing. It just feels right with all this ghostliness going sure. on. Sure, she worked hard on those words, so you can, yeah. As this smoky, shadowy energy shoots out toward Coconut. 
I don't know why your, your kiss was rejected, Coconut. I'm sorry. With a decisive hit, the Spiritomb strikes out and deals a hefty 11 points of dark damage to Coconut. Continuing to roll very well, Yamask hits Spiritomb with a 21, and its Nightshade attack deals another 8 points of damage to the weakened ghost. As that is its turn, still, these shadows back and forth, it's all flickering, and it is so hard to keep track of what's going on because you don't have dark vision or anything. All you've got is coconut's light, and so there are shadows bouncing off the walls and all around the room. It's hard to tell what's a ghost, what's just a shadow, where your people are, what's going on. Pretty much the one thing that you know that you see at any given time is coconut. In an alternate universe, Pearl's thinking, wow, this would be a great dance party. Unsk, 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 unsk. On her turn, Pearl sees that Coconut is looking roughed up and gives him an orange berry, restoring eight hit points. Have a little snack. It's healthy, it's good, it's nutritious. Coconut, totally unfazed by everything else that is happening in this battle because now there's food, eats the snack. As that happens, Luca and his crew shift their attention to the Spiritomb. Ghastly attempts to use Hypnosis on the target, forcing it to make a Wisdom save. Even with a plus 9, Spiritomb only rolls a 3, bringing its total to 12 and failing the DC 13 saving throw. With all of the power and life energy that Ghastly absorbed from the Mischievous, he sends forth the hypnotic spirals from his eyes that directly hit the Spiritomb and enwrap it as it falls to sleep. As that happens, Trico attacks and uses Absorb to drain 8 points of health from the enemy Pokémon. Spiritomb appears to be on the verge of defeat as its haze is fading and its glow dims, and Coconut and Yamask simultaneously send out one final strike. Yamask, it's time to be free. <sighs> Yamask and, 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 and uh, Coconut hold each other's hands. So Yamask and Coconut will hold each other's hands as Yamask grabs these shadows out of thin air and throws them toward the Spiritomb as Coconut charges up a Thundershock that then shoots out at it as well as they almost arc between each other, light and shadow, both shooting out at this spirit. You have advantage on the roll because it's asleep. 17. Excellent. Natural roll of 14 plus 17, for the Yamask like, just makes it, right? Yeah, 17 is exactly it. Oh my god. And so with a 14 plus everything for Yamask will also hit as with the amount of damage Woo! that you all both do to it. I'm not even going to make you roll. As the light and shadow both strike out and the Spiritomb <laughs> dissolves. And all is black in this cavern except for Coconut's light, which flickers for a moment as all is dark and you hear a whooshing sound once again. A <sighs> comes through the cabin, and as Coconut's light flickers back on, you see two bodies on the ground of a man Whoa, what? and a teenage boy, unconscious. Medic! And I rush over to them. Oh. Professor Mason! Oh, ow! I whip out my healer's kit. I get a stethoscope. I say, cough. Cough three times. I start putting popsicle sticks down people's throat. I say, that feels good, right? Right? Okay, okay. Yamask. Yamask, come here, come here. Yamask is freaking out right now and is all over these two. As you turn them over, they were lying face down. You flip them over and you see the faces of the professor and Mason. <gasps> They're alive, Luca. <sighs> How long were we gone? I don't know, but a uh, long time. Who are you? I'm Pearl. This is Luca. Wild Pearl, Luca, I can't tell you how good it is to meet you. I'm Professor Daniel Nichols, and this is my son, Mason. Ah, uh, 
Hi. I believe we have some things we need to discuss. And that's where I'm going to end this episode. Whoa. I did not see this coming on this episode. I'm very... What? Wow. All right, guys. You're as clueless as me now. 